everyone. My name is John Michael Becker. I've been here, this is I guess my third Sunday uh, in a row here. I'm part of the multi-site board of New Philadelphia Church. Uh, originally I planted this church in 2010 with nine other uh, team members and then I served at Shivim uh, for a few years and now I'm kind of on the move again um, and I'm being interrogated uh, by that light. Uh, today's message is going to be a bit different. Um, than usual. It's going to be more of giving an important announcement uh, regarding the church and kind of unpacking uh, what that announcement entails. Um, a lot has been happening in New Philadelphia Church. If you're new to the church, um, this, I'll, I'll kind of help you, you know, understand where, how this announcement came to be. Uh, I think a lot of you are familiar with what's been happening, but let me kind of unpack things a little bit. Uh, so I... This church started in King Bar in 2010 with 10 church plant uh, team members. I led that team. And then in 2012, Pastor Marcus took over uh, as the campus pastor. I was originally just a lay pastor. I serve as a missionary here in Korea serving the orphans. Um, So I was just helping, but he took over as a paid staff in 2012. Uh, He married his wife, Anna, uh, a few years later, and they continued to serve as campus pastors here until last month. Uh, and their last service with the church was at the end of April. New Philadelphia Church has been going through a lot of transition, to say the least. Um, over 20 staff have stepped down in the past two years. Uh, there's been a lot of things in the background that a lot of people haven't been aware of um, that were very heavy. Uh, and then for people that have been with the church for a long time, there was also a lot of things in the past that uh, it took a while, but we began to realize that a lot of things were wrong. Uh, that had happened in the past. It's not that the church itself was completely wrong. There was just certain things that had happened um, that people needed healing from. And so in the past few months, there has been a lot of transition here. Uh, This room used to be at full capacity. Uh, You can look around and see that it's about half, I would say, uh, right now. And uh, last month, our lead pastors, there was an assessment team brought in, uh, and the assessment team at the end of the assessment told our lead pastors uh, that they should resign. Uh, which they did. And so every campus at New Philadelphia Church is going through transition um, right now. And uh, I would say for Itaewon, it's it's one of the most severe in that a lot of the leaders um, have left because their time is up in Korea uh, or because they've been here a long time and some of the hurts from the past they need some, some healing from. Um, there's a number of reasons why this transition has been so intense here. Uh, and so for the multi-site board, um, just a few weeks ago, we were faced with suddenly the church was being entrusted to us with the resignation of the lead pastors. Uh, the authority was given to the multi-site board, which is four people, now overseeing seven different services. Uh, four services in Seoul, a service in Pusan, a service in Sydney, and a service in Melbourne. And to say the least, we were very overwhelmed. Uh, and we need a lot of help. And thankfully, there was a team here at Itaewon that uh, had already been talking with the board even before the assessment started uh, about the future of Itaewon and what, what can happen, what should happen, how can we fight uh, for this campus. And uh, we gave them the support, and after the resignation, uh, we entrusted the six leaders um, to help foster discussions among many of you. Uh, about the future of Itaewon. And uh, I gave a list of things that were needed for a church that were just very practical needs. 
But it was clear with Itaewon that almost every single need could not be fulfilled because of people departing and because of people's travel schedules. Uh, so to continue to have services would be very difficult. Uh, and so the team uh, talked with about 45 people from here in Itaewon. Uh, many of them gathered together in groups to talk. Uh, others just submitted their opinion via email. Uh, but as the discussions went over the weeks and as people processed, as people uh, gave a hard look, uh, the, the team decided, um, and it was by a vast majority, uh, the team decided that it is best that the Itaewon campus close uh, and celebrate uh, and then transition out. And um, because of people's travel schedules, because of how hard it has been in just the past month, uh, since the transitions have been happening, um, the celebration service is actually going to be next Sunday. Uh, so that will be the last service for the Itaewon campus. Uh, for some of you that, that uh, are new here or just maybe hadn't been involved in the discussion, I imagine there's a lot of shock uh, in that. We had hoped for some later dates, but uh, for the team and for the people that have been serving and keeping this church going, it's been very hard. Uh, and um, it's been a very heavy burden. Nobody here is full-time staff, not even myself, uh, with the church. So everyone here is serving out of their own goodwill, out of their own energy, uh, and it's a burden to suddenly have the responsibility of uh, leading uh, a campus. And so we discussed uh, June 3rd. Most people couldn't be here, including myself. Uh, I have a wedding that day. Uh, and then by June 10th, many leaders will have already left the country, moving back to America, Canada, or wherever they're from. And uh, so that's why the decision was made for next week, uh, the celebration service. So this quote-unquote sermon um, is not so much of a sermon. It's just uh, unpacking this announcement because uh, it's Quite an announcement. And, you know, where, where do we go from here? And so I want to unpack the following three things. And the first thing I'm going to share about is how should you process this emotionally? How should you process this emotionally, personally? Number two, what should your next steps be? I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I'm going to give you advice in terms of, you know, thinking through your next steps. And last, number three, what will the Celebration Sunday look like? Okay, so I'm going to unpack the following uh, in this message. And uh, first, to address how to process this decision emotionally, I want to read from Psalm 62. It's verses 5 and 8, and I believe they're going to put it up here um, if they have it. Psalm 62, 5 and 8. It says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And you could just go ahead and leave that slide up um, as, as I share. Uh, I actually spoke on this verse when I established the Shelim campus a few years ago. It was one of my first sermons there it was called Joy and Expectation. And uh, I shared that our, the fullness of our hope must be dependent on God. That if you put your fullness of hope or dependence on people, sooner or later lives expire. Sooner or later there's going to be an end. Whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's uh, material things, sooner or later things will expire. And while it is sweet to have relationships, it is good to have different things, in the end our trust 
our hope, our expectations have to be grounded in him. And if it's grounded in him, no matter what transition you face, no matter what hardship you face, it's going to take processing emotionally. It's going to be hard and there are going to be tears, but you will not be shaken for the rest of your life. Okay. All of us are going to get through this. Um, I want to share a story from my uh, orphanage. When I first came to Korea at the end of 2005, I lived in a children's home for three years with the kids. I didn't know almost any Korean. I knew how to say, Gangnam e Kyle. That's like what I knew how to say. That was about it. And so I'm living with 88 kids and social workers there who all speak Korean. And I can only speak English. And uh, I had no friends out here. Um, didn't have a church. You know, thankfully, I started attending this church January 1st, 06, back when it was a long time ago, different pastors and everything. Um, but it was still very new for me. And uh, I was very lonely. Um, I am a physical touch person. If you get to know me, I will give you a hug. Okay. Uh, that's one of the ways that I express love and coming to Korea. Korea is not a physical touch country. Okay. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, and, and so I couldn't go up to a social worker and give a hug. That's just awkward. And for the kids too, um, even for the kids giving physical touch, just being there, I didn't want people to think I was a creep or, or anything like that. Uh, and so I was starved of love. It wasn't just that I didn't have friends or family here. It was also that I just, I had no outlet for giving or receiving love. And, uh, it was really hard. Um, but, uh, I would go to the baby room in the children's home and it was a bunch of one-year-olds and two-year-olds, uh, and they would be, you know, crawling around and, and running around in the room. And it was all boys except for one girl named Yunji. And, uh, this little girl, Yunji was a tomboy. I mean, she's being raised with a bunch of other boys. Uh, she was a tomboy. She wouldn't really respond to anyone. When people try and, like, cuddle her, she'd just, you know, push off. Um, she was just kind of to herself. But the weird thing was, was when I went to the room, the baby room, she was just drawn to me. And she would run up to my leg and put up her hands and just be like, pick me up, pick me up. And I would pick her up, and, you know, and I would hold her for a while. And then later I would just sit down and she would get in my lap and she would just want to play with me. And the dorm parents there, the social workers, would just look in amazement. So like, she doesn't do this to anyone, even other male volunteers that come in. Like, she just doesn't do this. And uh, I was so ministered to because, you know, I could, I could hold her and she would hold on to me. And, and, you know, she would just be so happy to see me. And I couldn't speak, you know, we could speak each other's language, basically. Like, goo goo, you know, like, uh, you know, it's just like being silly. It's like, this is one person I can communicate with. And uh, she was like God's gift, precious gift to me that helped me get through that first year of loneliness uh, in Korea. And, um, you know, I remember when I would, depression would hit me and you know, I would go to my room and, and pray by myself for a bit. And I would just feel like God encouraged me go down to the baby room and I would go down to the baby room and she would run after me and, and just hold on to me. And, and I could feel God's love in it and his comfort. And uh, it was just such a, such a precious gift to me. And uh, in 2007, after living there almost a year and a half, I, I was told by the, the social workers that Yunji would be moving back with her family. Um, some of the orphans living in the homes, they're you know, children of parents who are teenagers, uh, who couldn't raise them. But once the teenagers you know, graduate from high school or can get a job, um, the kids go back. And so I was told that Yunji would be going back with her family. And I remember when I heard the news, I, I was crushed. It was, 
it was something where that's good. She should be with family. You know how you know I can't be selfish and and demand you know that she's raised here for my sake or anything like that. But there was a sadness knowing that you know this gift to me would be taken away. And uh, I remember on the day that she was supposed to go, I went down in the morning and I went to the baby room and I played with her. And she was still you know very young, totally oblivious to everything that was going on. And and I said goodbye to her and held her and you know she was just. She was just being sweet to me, and you know, I, I put her back down. She runs off, plays with the other kids, and I remember I, I left the baby room, went up, went upstairs to my room, and to pray. And my heart was so heavy, and I felt God saying, "Just, just let it out." And uh, I just, I wept, and I wept, and I f- just began thanking God for Yunji and for what she meant to me, and for specific memories, how she had encouraged me. And, and just, just thanking God so much for her. And I began praying for her, just praying for her future, praying that she would grow up to be a woman of God, that she would be safe from abuse and safe from neglect, that, that she would be healthy. And, and uh, man, it was just tears and crying, but I could feel my soul being ministered to by God in that. It went, it went deep. And uh, what I felt God saying was, I'm proud of you for entrusting her to me. That in life, we can often be blessed with gifts. It can be money. It can be possessions. It can be relationships. It can be a job. It can be whatever that we love and we're so thankful for. And we can love it so much that we start to hold it tight in our hand. Because we love it. We treasure it. And as we should, we treasure it. But there can be times and seasons in our lives where God says, it's time to let that go. It's time. And sometimes it happens tragically through illness or through just stuff breaking down or through a layoff or something like that. And when it happens suddenly like that, it's tragic because your hand is ripped open. And what you had been holding on to, it's like a scar just goes deep. And, and this is people who lose loved ones suddenly. It's like that because they never expected that something like that could happen. What God was telling me, you know, in that time was have an open hand. That you living here in Korea, you're going to say goodbye to many, many people. And it's not that you should just keep arm's length and and not open up. You love them with all that you have. But understand that I may take them in time. And as you entrust them to me, that shows I can entrust to you even greater things. Because you recognize that these are gifts from me. God, rather than your own, to hold on to. And uh, that was something that I spoke about at Shilam and encouraged the church, have an open hand. You know, love the community. Go all out. Don't put up walls. Love like you've never loved before. Okay? It's good to cry. It's good to weep because it shows that you loved. It shows that it meant something to you when it is taken away. But I also want us to be ready to send. I want us to be ready to not say it's just about us, but say we want to bless other campuses. We want to bless other nations. And little did I know it, but Shilam would be just everyone was taken from Shilam over the years. Oh, if I, I could list a long list of different people that needed this church or needing to go home to their family or needing to do this. And it was a test over those years of, of letting go. Um, but I was so proud of the Shilam community, of praying, 
and sending. But I will tell you guys, it wears on your soul. And these past few months um, have really worn on my soul. Really worn on my soul. And I want to excuse, you know, please excuse my language, but uh, it's been what I've called to Sky a season of suck. Okay? And, and it's funny to say that, but I mean it. It's been a season of suck. It's been bad. I've seen my closest friends have to leave this country and not because of good circumstances. I've seen a church that I've served in for so many years um, just being so hurt and people that I've known and loved and cherished so hurt. I've been hurt deeply, uh, as have my, as, as my wife, uh, and other things have happened, uh, as well in ministry and among friends outside the church. And it's, it's not something where we can just be like, we entrust you, God, we pray, we're just going to cry it out. We're going to be fine tomorrow. It's something that is heavy and takes time. And for some of you guys, this transition, although it's going to be fast in terms of celebration Sunday next week for your soul, it's going to take time. And, uh, you know, for, for Sky and I, it, it got hard to pray, you know, for a bit. And um, it still is hard to pray, you know, um, especially for those that, that are very hurt. And uh, when we try and process our hurts with each other, um, it could get to the point where we're kind of like throwing up on each other. It's not really pretty, you know. It's just like, I'm so hurt by, blah, 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 you know, and, and sharing and like, well, you know, let me encourage you in the word. And it's like, I don't want to hear that, you know, right now. Like... I know the word of God is good, but when my heart is aching so much, all right, it's not that I just need a truth stuffed down my throat and I'm going to be okay. I need time to mend. When my sisters both went through late-term miscarriages, tragic, tragic, okay, they needed time to heal. And for them, you know, sometimes it took over a year, a year and a half before they could go back to church. And before they could start singing again, didn't mean that they weren't Christians. Didn't mean that at all. Their soul needed healing and it, it needed time and they needed to mourn. They needed to lay this before the Lord. And one of our best prayer times that Sky and I had in the past months was usually when we sit down and pray, we pray together every Wednesday. Um, you know, just the two of us, we usually pray by ourselves the other days, but Wednesdays is the day we pray together. We usually start by praying what we're thankful for. You know, we're thankful for this and this, and then we intercede and we, you know, we do different ways of prayer, but like, stuff was bad. We're like, you know, today, instead of praying what we're thankful for, we're going to declare what sucks. Okay. And we're just going to tell it to God because it's clear us just sharing it to ourselves. There's no fix. Okay. And, and it's, and it's hard and it's a burden on the person that's listening and it's okay for you guys to process with each other, but Sometimes you got to really take it to the Lord. And if you read the Psalms, you read of a lot of complaining, a lot of accusations of God and a lot of hurt. And so that's what we did. Like, God, it sucks that my friend Keith is dying of cancer right now. And we don't know if he's going to live or not. And it sucks visiting him, you know, in the hospital and seeing him in the condition that he is. And we would declare what sucked. And we would say a prayer, but it wasn't like, but God, you're, you know, we love you and we're just going to shift and, and everything. We were honest. All right. We, we prayed, though, and we directed to the Lord. And then she would share. It sucks that my best friend is leaving and I'm, I'm not going to see the baby, you know, that, that's about to be born. Um, and it sucks that that this and this and you would think after the prayer time, we'd be angry. You know, but the truth was we felt freed. 
And the next day, Sky was smiling like she hadn't smiled in a long time. It's because she was being real with God. And that's something I want to encourage you guys to do in this season as your soul processes this, is to be real with God. Don't be robotic. Don't be like, it's okay. There's another church. I'm just going to go over here. Everything's fine. If you had relationships here, if you got ministered to here, if God did something good in your life, this is sad. Okay? It is sad. We're going to have a celebration Sunday because we want to give God praise for what has happened. But we're not going to deny the sadness. We're not going to deny the sadness of seeing so many friends leave, so many friends hurting, even you hurt, you know, some of you guys hurting as well. It's important to give yourself time. And talking about the next steps, you know, one of the things I, I want to encourage you guys to do, if you've served here for a long time, if you've been invested here, is to give yourself time. One of the mistakes I made when I left Itaewon, I'd been a pastor here for four and a half years, uh, and then Shilam needed to be planted. It was right away. So it was announced two Sundays before we left. We had our last Sunday. We got prayed for very briefly, then to service, and we were gone. And we hit the ground running. Boom, we're doing Shilam, and it was just like Itaewon, boom, Shilam. And we were running. And it wasn't until months later that we started thinking about Itaewon, how much we missed Itaewon. We had forced our soul to just move on so fast that it didn't give us time to mourn, to reflect, to have a healthy transition. And it was hard for us. And what I'm thankful for for Shilam was when we ended our time at Shilam, we made sure to, to tell them well in advance, to talk with people well in advance. You know, they, they did a nice banquet for us. They honored us. And it was a slow transition out. And we mourned leaving Shilam. We were so sad. You know, we, we were relieved to no longer have the, the, you know, burden of leading the church. But the relationships, the people there, the sweetness, the familiarity on Sundays, you know, and, and seeing the same people and giving those hugs, uh, it it's just, we, we missed it so much. And so we, we would have to do, you know, just sharing. What were you thankful for? Sharing like, oh, this memory and sharing what we missed and, you know, and crying it out. And it was so helpful for us. And I know if we had left Shilam and started another church plant, we would have missed that. You guys want to give yourselves that time. And that means for those of you that have been serving, I want to encourage you, don't get into another church right away and start serving. Okay. For some of you, maybe it'd be best not to go to church for a month. Oh my gosh, he said it, like not to go to church. That's something we've been blasphemous in this church like two months ago. Um, some of you guys just need that to step away, to remember. You can listen to the, you know, a spoken word or, or do a video stream of another church or listen to a podcast or just read your Bible or just take a Sunday off, you know, but give yourself time and let your soul mend and meet up with each other from here and hang out and remember God did amazing things here. And this is a special church and it's worth remembering. It's not a church to just sweep it away. We're moving on. You want to remember this and you want to remember it in a sweet way. And you want to let your soul have time to heal and not just give yourself to another church and just get in there fighting and going for it again. And when you guys do commit to a church, give yourself time. Give yourself grace. You do not need to serve right away. Give yourself time uh, in that place. So I want to tell you guys that God is faithful. God will heal your hearts. God will lift your head. 
Show yourself grace, though. Give yourself time. Some of you may need more than a month, and that's okay. No one here is going to judge you. You're a child of God. It's God who judges you, and he finds you worthy. He finds you his son, his daughter, whom he died for. So give yourself time. Uh, I want to address what your next steps should be. And to help you with this decision, I want you to think through, why are you here? What were your reasons for attending Itaewon Church? Now, initially, for a lot of you, it was probably just location. Um, For Nathan, it was because there was a Taco Bell in Itaewon. (laughs) I didn't know that. He just told me over lunch that Taco Bell is gone. Thankfully, he's still here. Um, But he chose Itaewon over the other campus because of a Taco Bell. Uh, I don't know why you initially came, but there was likely a reason you stayed, and it was probably greater than just the location. So here are three possible reasons for why you're here. Maybe you are, are all three, and that's cool, but there's likely one that outweighs the other two. One, you have a heart for the area of Itaewon. Maybe just being here, that heart has been cultivated, but you love this area. This is a special area of soul, okay? And so you've had this heart, and, and that is one of your main reasons why you chose to be a New Philly Itaewon, why you're continuing to be here. Heart for this area. Number two, you love the community. And this is probably most of you um, that have been here for a long time, but it's the community. It's the bond that I have here. It's the people that I know here. It's the shared memories of Itaewon, you know, of, of, of just the retreats and, and being the best campus at every leadership banquet, you know, of just being the most creative campus, of, of being the wildest, you know, like we are Itaewon. We is Itaewon, whatever it is, okay? You know, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I felt like a foster father when I started this campus because I, you know, planted Itaewon and it's all creative and it's all like extroverts. We want to do a dance party. And I'm like, I don't dance. I'm not an extrovert. Like, hide me away. And, and the leadership banquets, like Itaewon would just kill it. They would do so well. And it's like, where did all these professional people come from? And, uh, and then I look at, at, at Marcus and I'm like... You're the intern pastor, but it has your DNA. And I knew that Itaewon was his campus. And I was glad to, you know, give it over to him in 2012. And then when I went to Shilam, and everyone there was quiet and studious. And, you know, yes, hi. I'm like, my people, you know, like, like, oh, you know, now I understand. I mean, Shilam was family, but I could see that there's a special DNA here. Every church is different. Even in New Philadelphia Church, every campus is different. And the DNA here is special. The community here is special. And so maybe for some of you or many of you, you're here because of the community. And number three, if this is you, I'm surprised you're still here, but you love New Philadelphia Church and the way the church is run. Okay? The, the way we, you know, the worship, the messages that are coming out, you know, this is why you are here. Video stream, you know, the retreats, different things like that. I think probably a year ago, a number of people would have said that regardless of the campus, they're here because of New Philadelphia Church. But in light of the past six months, most of those people uh, aren't, aren't here anymore. Um, but let me explain. Like if, if you have a heart for Itaewon and now you hear that this campus is going to close, I want to reassure you that we are not the only church here in Itaewon. Thank the Lord, there are a number of churches 
that are in this area. And I'm going to put up a list for your reference for you guys. And uh, if you guys, you know, after next Sunday are looking for different churches, here are four churches that we can encourage you guys to check out. Uh, I have been to Seoul International Baptist Church. That's uh, in uh, Hebongcheon, um, near Noksapyeong. I don't know if I said that right, but near Noksapyeong Station. Uh, Pastor Dan Armistead is an amazing man. He teaches at Torch Trinity uh, Seminary. That is a great church. It's a family church. They have child services, all that stuff. Um, so that is a church you could check out. It's 11, excuse me, 11 a.m. There's International Lutheran Church, 8.30 and 11 on Sundays. There's Victory Christian Fellowship Itaewon. I believe that's near Vatos, uh, down the street. That's at 9, 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Uh, and then there is Gospel City uh, with Pastor Joel. Um, from He was originally with Onerdy Church. Uh, that is another church plant that meets at 11 a.m. at Hamilton Hotel. Uh, I believe they also have child care uh, at, at, that, um, at that church. And so those are four. Uh, that my brother Emil um, sent to me, and I was I was aware of two. I visited Victory Christian Fellowship, but not on a Sunday. Uh, I've never been to International Lutheran Church, but these are churches that you guys are welcome to check out. God is still moving here in Itaewon. Okay, He already was moving before we got here. As much as we like to think that, man, we did it all, you know, like like uh, God was already moving here, uh, and God is continuing to move. We need to have faith in the universal church. New Philadelphia Church is not the church. Okay, we are a good church. Um, There has been amazing things that have happened in this church, and there will continue to be amazing things, but we are not the church. There are many other wonderful churches around here, and we are all worshiping for the same reason, because we love our God, because we exalt our King, and we want to reveal Him here on earth. And so if you have a heart for Itaewon, I want to encourage you um, to eventually begin maybe checking out some of these churches so you can stay here in this area and continue to lift up um, this community or uh, this area of Itaewon. Number two, uh, if you love the community here, um, this is the hard part. There's no way that we can just take all of you and move you guys to another campus. One, because you guys don't want to travel maybe to that campus because of the location. Uh, maybe the service time doesn't work or things like that. That would be the easiest solution of just, hey, Itaewon's closed, but we're all going to move you guys to Hongdae. We don't want to do that. Uh, and we don't want to tell you guys where to go either. Um, we want you guys to make this decision for yourselves, whether it's another church. Um, it doesn't have to be one of those four. You know, There are plenty of other good churches. Or it is another New Philly campus. Uh, But what I want to encourage you, if the community meant a lot to you, is talk to your friends here. Talk with your friends this week, next week, the following week. And there are a number of friends that you guys have here that have already left this campus and are already church seeking. Talk with them. And my hope is that you guys in little groups, or maybe even a large group, can begin to attend another church or a different campus. And uh, the ironic thing was, Although our church has been through so much, there was another church last year that went through uh, some heavy stuff, and uh, uh, many people left that church, and um, the people that, that left it after the, the, that heavy time, um, they just met together as like a little house church for a few weeks just to pray and to kind of heal and to transition. Uh, and then they decided upon one of our New Philly campuses, and they began to attend that campus, and they were so refreshed to be able to go to a church and not have to serve, to go to a church and still have each other, familiarity, 
that community. And uh, New Philadelphia, because we were aware of that situation, we put them in a CG together. Okay, so they still had that camaraderie. And uh, they loved it. And then New Philly stuff began to fall apart. And uh, you know, in our church, like tough stuff started to come out. And they were fine. And, and they were, because they were refreshed by each other, because they were able to heal out of their previous situation, because they grew in authority out of that previous situation, uh, they were able to transition well. And now they've said, look, we just want to help New Philadelphia Church through this transition for you guys. And that's such an encouragement to us. I would love to see that for you guys. Um, regardless of whatever church you guys end up at, that you guys talk to each other, if community meant a lot to you, that you know that, that love never fails, love never dies. Even if some of you are going to the States, okay, the relationships that you had here were genuine. And the friendships that you had, I'm telling you, if it was based on the love of God, even if you don't see each other for 10 years, when you see each other again, that love's going to be that common ground. And it's going to be sweet. Okay, and so for those of you that are sticking around, talk with your friends. Okay, make decisions together uh, for a future campus. Give yourself some time. All right, and if you end up at different campuses or different churches than your friends here, stay in touch. Okay, your, your friendships shouldn't have been based upon your membership of a local church. Your friendships are based upon the love of God within you guys. So it doesn't matter whether you're still in Seoul or whether people move to other areas, those friendships will continue. Um, just make that effort. Hang out with people. Okay. Talk with people through this. Uh, I will tell you that New Philadelphia Church, if you are considering uh, staying with New Philadelphia, New Philadelphia Church, if you're number three and you're just like, I love New Philadelphia Church, you're in luck. Uh, we have other campuses here in the city. Um, there is one in Shilim that is at 130. Uh, Shilim is south of Seoul um, near Sadang. Uh, which is where line two and four meet in the southern part. Uh, it's a bit hard to get to, uh, Shilin, but they have a shuttle bus on Sundays uh, that you can take uh, to check out. Uh, and it's a sweet campus. That was where I was, you know, I'd, I'd planted and served for three years. Uh, you can check that out. And then there's also New Philly Hongdae Alpha, which is a morning service, 1030 in Hongdae, near Sangsu Station, line six. So it's only like seven stops from here, I think. Um, and then there's a 2.30 Omega service. Uh, and so if you, you, know, you go to Itaewon because of the time, you like the afternoon, then the 2.30 at Omega or the 1.30 at Shilam uh, could likely help for you. Uh, Alpha uh, or Hongdae has a baby room, so if you have babies, um, uh, there's a place for them. Um, so you guys can choose uh, to go to a new Philly campus uh, if you want. If you transition to a new Philly campus, we can easily move over your membership, your leadership, uh, if you want to continue uh, to be a member with the church. Uh, we've had a number of people transition out of Itaewon, not just my wife and I, but other people because of needs at other campuses uh, who still have a heart for Itaewon, but they were able to transition well. I believe that this can happen for all of you guys, regardless, again, if it's New Philly or if it's Jubilee or if it's New Harvest or, or if it's another church. Uh, we are the body of Christ, uh, and God is the author and perfecter. God is going to take care of us uh, through all this. Take your time. Show yourself grace. If you've been here a long time, if, if this church has meant a lot to you, let yourself cry, okay? Talk with people that you love and you trust. Share what sucks, okay? Maybe even sit together and do that prayer time like I did with my wife, Sky, and just, just lay it out before the Lord 
Be real with God. He loves you. He wants all of you guys. God wants all of you, including your hurt, including your anger, including every little part in you. We're not supposed to just give our happy side to God. He wants it all. He wants everything. So let, let yourself just let these things out um, before him. Now, next week, what is the celebration service going to look like? Um, we want it to be joyful. I can almost guarantee there's going to be tears. Um, I was already you know, crying during worship today. Um, it's, it's, there's going to be tears, but we don't want this to just be a funeral. It's not a funeral, okay? Um, this is something where God has done amazing things over the past eight and a half years in this campus, and he deserves glory for it. He deserves glory for it. There have been many people that have been saved in this church that have met God in this church. There are people that have been healed and delivered of depression, of, of deep pains from their past. I'm telling you, Itaewon had some of the craziest stories of people that have been in this church, just their backgrounds and the ways that they were orphaned, abused, hurt, um, just a lot of wounded people. Uh, in this campus. And uh, I'll tell you that the name Itaewon, um, this was something that we studied when we first established this church. It, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and remember this as best as I can, but it's Chinese characters. E uh, means different. It's, you know, the number two, E, E, it means something different. Te, teonaso, it's born. It's being born. And Wan means home. Uh, and so Boyuguan is child care home. That's the word for orphanage. One. Okay, it's like a, a home. Uh, and so Iteon was called Home of the Different Born. And how it got that name was hundreds of years ago when the Chinese invaded Korea. Um, they raped a number of the women. And the women had children that were half Korean and half Chinese. And they were put in the area of Itaewon. Hundreds of years later, when the Japanese came here, uh, and they, you know, colonized uh, or took over uh, Korea. Um, they also raped many women, and they had children, and they were put in Itaewon. And the Japanese actually set a base in Yongsan. So if you've been on Yongsan base and you see a lot of these small one-story buildings, those are actually Japanese buildings uh, from their occupation that uh, the U.S. military took over uh, after World War II. And, um, and so Itaewon's always been a community of hurt, of pain, of rejection. And when I first came to Korea in, in, at the end of 05, I was told, don't go to Itaewon by the social workers. Itaewon's a scary area. You got Hooker Hill. You got uh, a lot of just people that steal, you know, people that, that will mug you. Uh, it's a dangerous, dangerous area. It's an area of a lot of hurt. And when we planted King Bar, it was still like that. Uh, to a degree. The restaurants weren't trendy. It wasn't a very nice place. It was kind of a dark area of soul. Um, we would do prayer walks and go through alleys and be like, let's not walk through that alley again, you know? Um, but there were a lot of hurting people here. It was where all the foreigners come. Just It was weird how Itaewon continued to be the hub of foreigners and refugees and hurting people. And Itaewon has changed over the years dramatically. I mean, when I walk down now in the alleys that I didn't like before, some of those alleys have most, some of the most trendy restaurants and shops uh, in Seoul. Uh, Itaewon has changed so much. But I can recognize that that hurt and those scars that we identified when we first came to King Bar 
still real in this community. And so people that came to Itaewon, it's like they, a lot of them fit with what Itaewon represents. Such deep scars, such deep hurt, and yet God would heal them. And God would deliver them. And they would go from showing up, you know, on Sundays and staying in the back. It was just like this, you know, the whole Sunday to later, you know, moving up a little and their head now up in worship. And then later just kind of lip syncing, you know, but it's like their, their, their heart is being healed through their small group and through just the love and the community. And, and then boom, you know, they're starting to praise and lift their hands. And, and, um, I'm just so proud. I'm so proud for Itaewon and for what this community has represented over these past eight and a half years, how special this community is. There are hundreds of alumni that, you know, I'm going to need to email uh, later tonight to tell them the news. And I know that they're all going to say, this is so sad. You know, we understand, but it's going to be sad because this is such a special place. And uh, my hope is that they will be able to, you know, some of them be able to send in videos or, or just something of, you know, what they are thankful for from Itaewon. Um, it's just, there are so many, uh, but we want for you guys as well. We can't have everybody, you know, share something or do something. But this morning, a lot of the leaders or the people that have been involved in the discussion gathered, and we talked about what the celebration will look like. It's not completely, you know, put down what it will be, but it will likely be worship. Uh, there will likely be some testimonies next week, um, some videos, all giving gl- God glory for what has happened in individuals' lives, in the lives of the community, and in the lives of this area, uh, or in just in the area itself, what God has done. And um, we're not sure what else the celebration will look like, but we want it to be a celebration. We want it to be good. Uh, and uh, we will close that service uh, and go to On the Border. Um, that was the restaurant chosen, uh, because it's big. Uh, and so Emil is going to take reservations, um, for that. Uh, and you know, if you guys want to stick around, we would welcome you guys next Sunday after the celebration service, uh, to go to on the border together and just eat. Um, I want to encourage you guys, if you have one of the Itaewon shirts, specifically the black shirt, wear it next week. Okay. It's not going to be like an Easter Sunday formal, you know, let's dress up for this. Uh, it's going to be, let's remember Itaewon. So if you have any type of Itaewon shirts, anything that reminds you of Itaewon, wear it, okay? And um, we'll, the, we, we'll take pictures together. Um, it's meant to be sweet. One of the main reasons why the decision was made to close the church quickly was we didn't want this campus to die a slow death. We didn't want it to be the end of June where all those people that were fighting for the church have travel plans and they won't even be here. And that would leave one person to do everything and no one to lead praise. Um, it's, it's just, it's better that we end it next week in the celebration now while people are still fresh and we can really give God glory and not do it in a beaten down way. So this was a lot of the process, um, the way that, uh, the thought that went into it. Um, I want to thank uh, Nathan and Emil and Michelle and Brittany and Tammy and Stephanie. Um, they were the six that especially stepped up uh, in terms of, you know, talking with the assessment team. Um, you know, some of them were talking to us long ago, you know, in, in terms of, you know, what, what can happen, what can we do. And I want to thank the 45 people um, that 
just submitted their opinions, the people that came out for the discussions and things like that. I'm very thankful that this wasn't just a one-person decision, um, but that so many people have been able to give their input. Uh, and for those that were still like, I'm going to fight for Itaewon, I'm very thankful for you guys still honoring uh, the decision and, and being so supportive. I'm very grateful for that. Um, so this is the last formal service. Um, we had our last offering uh, today. Um, there will be praise next week. I don't know if there will be a sermon or not. Um, honestly, I wasn't supposed to preach today, um, but because the decision was made this past week, uh, I felt that that would be best to unpack it uh, and, and to share with you guys. Um, but uh, next week is going to be celebration. It's going to be giving God glory. In the meantime, uh, I want to encourage you guys to be processing this, to not ignore it. Um, one of the things you can do is, in a few days, just start writing down favorite memories or people that you are blessed by, why you were blessed by them. You know, um, just specific things that God spoke to you while you were in Itaewon. Something special about Itaewon. You don't have to do all this at once, but if you will do this, God will bring, get so much glory out of that. Your soul will be ministered to, and you will be so much more healthy as you transition to your next steps. I want to encourage you guys to give yourselves time. Um, and I'm actually going to invite up Michelle, if you could just uh, strum. And could I have the, the uh, six that I, I said by name? If you guys could come up here. I want to just uh, open up some time for prayer um, for Itaewon. Um, I'm going to have the six come up first, and uh, I want us to pray all together as a church. We're going to pray Korean style. Um, and then I want to pray for individuals. Uh, for those of you that are being hit hard by this news, those of you that have fear for the next steps, um, that just you understand the decision, but emotionally this is very hard. Uh, you just want comfort. You just could use some comfort. Uh, I'm going to give an opportunity for you guys to just come up here to the front, and uh, we want to pray for you. And uh, just let God minister uh, in this time. And even if you don't come up here, um, we have time here. You know, service isn't over. Um, just reflect on what you are thankful for uh, here in Itaewon. Reflect on what God has done. And if you've only been here for your, this is your first Sunday, and whoa, you know, like, okay. Um, reflect on what God has done in your life. Um, you know, you, you can do that uh, as well. But first, uh, I want us to pray all together before I invite people up here. I want us to pray um, for Itaewon. This church, okay, for this church. And I want us to pray for God's grace, his goodness, and his love to just be so tangible for every person that is here and every person that has left this community. There are some people that have left this community hurting a lot, okay? Uh, and I just want us to pray for healing. God heals all wounds. That's what he does. He came that we may have life and have it to the full. There is no scar that is meant to be with us all of our lives. He is able and he is willing. And so I want us to pray for the hearts of everyone in Itaewon here and those that have gone on for healing, for grace and the processing, for God's protection and blessing to be over them. Let's pray for the community of Itaewon all together. Let's pray.